Support for this podcast is brought to you by Muddy the Elf's Christmas Choir. Did somebody who you thought was a friend just recommend that you watch a horrible holiday film which ended up completely depleting your store of Christmas cheer? Or perhaps it's the middle of June and you need a little bit of Christmassy goodness to help you get through those long, hot summer days? If so, Buddy the Elf can help you. The angelic voices of Buddy and his friends, Mr. Norwal, Arctic Puffin, Baby Walrus, Polar Bear Cub, and Sam the Snowman will give you that extra boost of holiday spirit that you need to get you through those long, long months preceding Christmas. After all, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Call the North Pole and ask for Papa Elf to schedule your performance today. Use promo code TISTHEPOD upon booking for 15% off. Enjoy the show. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. And I have a problem with that opening for this movie. I'm trying to exude positivity where there is none. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also going to issue an apology for ever complaining about the star last week because we've reached new lows. (laughs) 100% agree. I want to issue an apology for every movie I've covered and been negative about, honestly. Arthur Christmas, me and you can be best friends now. Oh, can I get that in writing? Because that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, this week we're covering the movie All American Christmas Carol, which if you've not heard of it or seen it, it's probably because it did not enjoy wide distribution, probably for a very good reason. You can find it on Netflix and Amazon Prime, but I would suggest, please don't see this movie. I apologize to anyone we made watch this movie. Go out of their way and watch this movie. I feel very bad. And I just want to ask before we get started, why Disco 54? Why do you hate us by recommending this film to us? (laughs) This was was an all-time low. There is nothing that that we've seen that compares to how bad this movie is. I'm going to go ahead and do a plot synopsis real quick for everybody who does it for all of those individuals who do not hate him or herself. Living for fun, shouldering no responsibilities, and trolloping around in a drunken haze with any guy who will have her. Cindy Wegman is trailer park trash through and through. So much so that when one of her kid's fathers dies and returns to herald the coming of the three Christmas spirits to guide her towards redemption, a la Dickens' A Christmas Carol, she only gets the trashy sort she deserves. I love the enthusiasm. (laughs) I'm trying to have some high point for this movie like you did. Well, let's go right into histories. Um, My history was this afternoon on Netflix, and that shall be it. My my history is dead with this movie. There is no history. (laughs) There is no moving forward. It is hashtag over it. (laughs) My my history is this morning on Amazon Prime. 
for free, thankfully, because if I rented this, I'd be sending a letter to Disco 54 asking for my money back since he recommended it <laughs> to us. I'd, uh, are we hopping right in? Let's hop right in. I, this movie is so bad. It doesn't even elicit like an angry Anthony rant. Like it's not one of those movies I am wondering why people like or anything like that. Because we would probably be hard pressed to find anyone who actually likes this movie. It's more of a case of just disbelief that this movie ever got made. Like that's where I am. Like I, I'm counting on the two of you to carry this conversation because I really don't have anything to say about this movie at all. It's so- <laughs> It's so funny you mentioned it doesn't even elicit anger because that's kind of where I was at the end of the movie too. I was just very indifferent and kind of like, wow, what a waste of time. (laughs) It it was. My oh my, Beverly D'Angelo, how you have fallen. I honestly think, I mean, I hate to to go this far, but we kind of don't deserve our Christmas freak flags for even doing this movie. We deserve like a week suspension of our Christmas freak flags. They can't fly. <laughs> and there were serious debate listeners about possibly skipping a week because we didn't, none of us wanted to talk about. Okay. So can I just bring something up real quick? This is yeah. like my only comments I have about this movie. It's not about, I mean, I'm sure I could talk to actors later on when we get into it, but overall plot, right? This is, is this the second version, technical version of a Christmas Carol we've done? Or have we done, was the Muppets the only one we've done so far? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was during the Muppets then that we talked about, look, there are thousands of versions of A Christmas Carol out there, right? In film, in TV, everywhere, books, comics, everywhere. And we've all probably seen a lot of them. Nowhere near the amount that's out there, but enough to say, like, even the less good versions, they managed to capture something from that original original novel. For the Muppets, we even said during the Linus moment, like, any good version of this story will at least pass the Linus test. We even said we even said when we were covering the Grinch, the same thing. The, the material, any version of the Grinch, whether you like it or not, is going to pass a Linus test because, like, it even came up with that one too. And I just don't get when you have such a classic novel that has been done to death, and nobody, nobody has screwed it up this badly. How they can mess it up? I don't get how you can. Not even stick the landing, the redemption at the end. I don't get it. I didn't want her to get redemption at the end. She was horrible. She's a horrible person. And Scrooge was horrible in the original. But at least along the way, you grew to see, okay, he's this way because of that. And he has, you know, you feel bad for him along the way. This, Mm -hmm. no. The more I learned about this woman, I don't know. I just, nothing. I didn't like anything about this movie. I don't understand how they messed up A Christmas Carol. So badly. Can anyone explain? <clears throat> as as you said, this has been done. Th- this storyline has been done almost ad nauseum. They had so much to pull from, not just from. I mean, we, you were mentioning the novel, but just from popular culture, they had so much to choose from. What I don't understand is how the script got picked. The script was awful, in my opinion. It, it made fun of a marginalized people group, the forgotten men and women of America. The the term trailer, the term trailer trash really bothers me. I don't like the idea of discussing anybody in terms of being trash. It wasn't genuine, and I'm going to go on to say this. If this had been any other race they tried to stereotype this way, it would have been seen as racist. I, you could not have done this with any – and you shouldn't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not using that as a defense. It should not have – this should not have been made. Somebody at some point should have realized, hey, we've got a steaming pile of dog crap here. Maybe we should save our money and 
So, so I didn't do my research into this film because, frankly, I didn't care about the mm-hmm. development or making of it. I don't know if either of you did, but my question was, was this like this? This wasn't. There was no way this was a theatrical release, was it? Was this straight to DVD, straight to streaming? Do any of you know that? To be honest, I was surprised that I didn't see a Netflix original on it. Uh, Netflix is about quality hey, programming, Tom. Netflix, Netflix I've originals. Seen, I've seen some bad Netflix originals lately. I don't think it had a theatrical release, but I don't know if it was straight to DVD or straight to streaming. There's no way this was released in theaters. There's just no way. I liked, I'd like to think it was not released in theaters. <laughs> so the director, Ron Carlson, like nothing to credit, definitely nothing of worth. I think he's got three things to his name and none of them I've heard of. Also written by Ron Carlson, the director, and Terry Kaufman. Terry Kaufman, nothing to note, nothing worth mentioning. So into the cast, that's the same way I feel about a lot of this cast. Although I do have to say I'm kind of surprised in retrospect some of the names they got, which is a little Santa sleigh for me. I'm like, how did that match up like that? I think they were all they're all past their prime is the problem. Definitely. They definitely Well, except are. Meatloaf. He's timeless. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> So since we have the time, because we won't have a lot to discuss, let's run down the, what was the gasp for? I'm on Rotten Tomatoes, and it says it was released on November 5th, 2013 in theaters. In theaters? How much did it make in theaters? 50 cents? I I don't know. Oh my goodness. Did they lose money? I hope so. (laughs) There's angry Anthony. (laughs) The cast. Main character in this movie is Taryn Manning, who is Cindy, the mom. You might remember her from 8 Mile or... Namely, Orange is the New Black is the biggest thing that she's been in lately. Beverly D'Angelo is in it. She's the mother of the bad main character. Um, You also have my personal favorite, but not in this movie, Wendy McClendon Covey from The Goldbergs, which is Uh, an awesome show. She is great. That show is really funny. I'm just starting it. I'm on season one. That show is hilarious. Great. I cannot watch it with the kids around because it's quite a lot of language, but it's fantastic. Alex Solowitz is in it, who I only know from Never Been Kissed. I don't know if y'all saw that movie, but he was the guy that, he was the meathead. He was not very smart. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jemison from the Ocean's Eleven movies. You have Danny Woodburn, Mr. who's Mr. Wink. You have Eric Roberts, who is definitely past his prime. Meatloaf plays the main character's father. And then some very tertiary characters other than that and that's what rounds out the cast and none of them i care for not a one of them no and none of them i am so glad to hear that so many people really like tara uh taryn manning and orange is the new black i find her to be complete i'm not a big orange is the new black fan i've seen i've seen more than one episode but uh i don't actually like it but i find her to be completely insufferable so I, I am a big Orange is the New Black fan. It shoots uh, 15 minutes away at an abandoned mental hospital that they redid to look like the prison. Wow. Really? Uh, and a lot of the off-campus stuff shoots in the town I live in, right up the street. Like, so when you see them at restaurants or whatever in flashbacks. So <gasps> I, that's cool. And I have a friend who's an extra in a lot of the episodes as an inmate. So. Oh, my Not goodness. Cool. Taryn Manning, yeah, her character in Orange is the New Black, it was another uh quote-unquote white trash character and she's just insufferable on that show as well i'm not a fan of her on that show and it's it's so weird because you see her in normal on the red carpet and stuff and she seems like a really cool very pretty lady i don't know why she's getting cast in these roles 
Yeah, she does. She's the same in every role she plays. I want to mention real quick what you had said about how, how do you mess up a Christmas carol? So last week I mentioned, even though I did not like the star at all, there's something about the nativity story, regardless of how well it's done or how terribly it's done, I still get the feels. So I'm the same way with the Christmas carol. I love that story, and I always get the feels. This will be the first Christmas Carol experience of mine where I have not gotten those feels. Zero of those feels. General discussion about the episode, including plot likes and dislikes. First off, do we have any likes? Not one. Zero. They could have done. So what I'm going to say about why why I think that is is they they could have taken the storyline of a an apathetic, down and out mom who is a total loser in every way possible. They could have redeemed her. I mean, her son is the closest thing to a redemptive character, in my opinion. And his, and his redemption is just out of pure pity. But even in the attempts to redeem her were so, I can't even say, they weren't laughable. It was just, as far as a, a comedy movie, this is the biggest swing and a miss I have seen in years. In terms of a movie in general, I mean... I, I, I am a defender. Like, not even Christmas movies and some pretty crappy movies. But this I, one, I can't, I, I can't. But this one, I can't. I just, I just can't. This is, I'm trying to think of, like, every movie in general, this has got to be near the bottom of the list. I can't, like, there's some stuff. And I know I've been bad on Hallmark. Hallmark movies, we haven't covered any. But Hallmark has the ambiance and the feelings, whatever I think about the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arthur Christmas, I was bad on that. But again, it has certain aspects that I like. There's just nothing. I can't pick out one thing in this film that I like. And that's just astounding to me that not one line, not one background decoration, nothing. That is not one positive. And that's just, it baffles me. Yeah, there's no atmosphere at all to this movie. There is no, you don't even know it's a Christmas movie if it aren't for a few little pins they dropped in. Because it doesn't feel like one, it doesn't sound like one, it doesn't look like one, nothing. I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> what, they what? Had, they had a spray-painted Christmas tree on their wall that a half-naked, for whatever reason, completely unrelated character that did not make any sense to the storyline is trying to put up Christmas lights on. If that's not yeah, I'm still baffled your house. Her. So who is wanna... she spawn of? Rat tail. His daughter. Okay. And who? Just uh, some know. other chick? She's just some random. And why she's hanging out here and stuff, I just, I don't know. Well, it's I do the know. Standard. They just wanted, they wanted, um, sorry. I'm sorry. I cut you off. That was really Can, can, no, can no. one of you no. talk about, like, because I, I can't, I'm not going to even try to talk about it because I can't talk to it. I, I just blocked out this movie out for the most part. Can one of you, just for our listeners who haven't suffered through this movie, just so we give them some context, can you talk about what makes the main character so such a bad person and why like we didn't want to see her redeemed? Like we want, why she gets no redemption in our eyes? Cindy is the main character. She has multiple children from different fathers, okay? And she doesn't work, so she mooches off of people around her in order to get anything. Um, She's currently dating the boy at the Dollar Mart, who is super sweet but dumb as a bag of hammers, I believe his boss said. And I don't get that reference, by the way. (laughs) She gets from everybody else in in such a self-centered way that 
you can't even like, not that you'd like that in any situation, but I feel like in other movies where this idea has been done, you, you still kind of like the character for something. She has nothing to like about her zero. She's a total user. She neglects her children. She won't show up for their plays. She's not interested at all in what they're doing. All she's worried about is herself and that's it. And I'll interject here while Scrooge was selfish at the beginning of her Christmas Carol, he at least acquiesced and gave Tom Crouch a Christmas day off before he had his redemption arc. She had no, not even a one small redeeming moment like that before the ghost no. visited her. No. So her most recent love interest guy, I don't know, dies at a paintball field by getting shot in the eye. They have this extremely offensive um, funeral scene for him that I feel like the line between white trash and redneck here is needs to be mentioned. So you have white trash, which has a negative connotation versus redneck. There's two very different things, but they can tow the line kind of closely. Like Sweet Home Alabama, they lived in a trailer. Her parents lived in a trailer. But loved I loved them. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. And I feel like you can do white trash in a good way. And that's not what they did with this movie. You can do it in an endearing way where they have these qualities about them. And it said, this is how I am. When the ones in this movie are just so not. Like well, I it, it. It's like Tom <laughs> said earlier. They, they were caricatures. They became yeah, caricatures. Yeah. They went, they stereotyped every single thing about what the worst stereotypes of what people think about people like this in situations like this and just ran with it. Whereas a good movie with a good script, you know, they would have, you know, gave them something redeeming about them because all human beings have something redeeming about them, no matter what their lot in life is. And they just Mm -hmm. didn't hear. So just to, just to, I'm going to paint a picture here for people who hopefully have not watched this film again. At the funeral, they've got an open casket, and this guy got shot in the eye with a paintball, and the the, the paintball is still there. Notice there was no blood, no anything like that. It mm-hmm. was the the makeup job on this paintball that was supposedly in his eye half exploded. No words. Anyway, in his wooden <laughs> box casket that they made, they have a an ice chest full of beer. Mm. Somebody goes up to touch him, and they're like, "She's like, oh, he's so cold." No, like, no, that's just the ice chest ice that leaked. It's like. They're handing out uh, uh, American flags during this funeral. I, I don't know what they were going for. It was at the funeral was at a paintball place. They had to put on safety goggles for the funeral. It, there were so many attempts to be funny here that just landed beyond flat for me. So he ends up being the first ghost to visit. He was the one in chains saying, you'll be visited by three ghosts. So the first ghost that visits her of past is a youngish girl, 17-year-old girl she went to school with who is real preppy and nerdy and stuff. Out of all the ghosts, she's probably the one I like the most. I did too, until she got drunk as a Mm -hmm. ghost and takes her clothes off (laughs) and dances in the beer. And I I mean, I don't, and all of a sudden people could see her. None of this is explained, by the way. They could see her in the past. Yeah. It really bothered me that the Scrooge character was able to influence the ghost. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, Completely not and it's also, the only one that that happens. By the way, did you, so it's not even conti- it's there's not even continuity between it. Were they making an allusion to some bestiality thing with her too, where she didn't mm-hmm. remember that girl, and then she's like, "Oh, you were that girl with the donkey." Oh, I didn't hear that part. I don't. I I don't know. Oh, I hope I not. Know. But I wouldn't be surprised. I think they were making that that allusion in that as well. Well, that seems because, fitting. You know, 
It's fitting for this type of movie. <laughs> this type of movie? There is no this type of movie. This is its own thing that should not exist. <laughs> angry Kong. The idea, again, that she is, she is corrupting this ghost that's there to show her what Christmas Past is about. And she doesn't get anything out of Christmas Past. With, no. With this right. story, each Christmas Past, Present, and Future are all, there's, there's this crescendo effect. So that when, when we get to Scrooge's Ghost of Christmas Future, he's overwhelmed. He sees, I've made all of these horrible decisions. People have suffered because of me. And now I'm dead and nobody cares. So by- I feel like when you when you remove that and you just have these attempts at comedic look at the past and and somebody who's not getting it at all when you get to that 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 pivotal Scrooge, Scrooge moment it doesn't exist it's in, it's disingenuous. So having her influence, having her influence a ghost totally undermines the whole point of this spiritual journey that Scrooge is supposed to go on. Absolutely, it, it just totally undermines it because they're not these all-powerful ghosts who are trying to help Scrooge change at this point. It kind of made me question why the ghosts are visiting her at all if they don't have this power to get her to see reason. Or to even withhold getting drunk. Yeah, yeah. well, no, it, yeah, it's Ugh. ridiculous. They, they, they bastardized the, one of the greatest Christmas stories ever with this yep. film. So the ghost of Christmas present ends up being her rock star idol. Constantine, which is played by Eric Roberts, who's like a 1980s hairband stylized rock star. Uh, he was and in The Dark Knight. So he probably is the best of the three ghosts to me because he really doesn't say a whole lot. He has a few one-liners where he's like, why do you think that is? Why do you think this is happening? I mean, he's basically having to lead her brain because she's not getting it. <laughs> so he's like, take a look again. And these are all the lines Eric Roberts says in the entire movie. That's it. Is, I found is it, it weird to you. Is it weird to you that it seems like they based him on meatloaf and meatloaf is in this film? Yes. It is. <laughs> yeah. Very odd. I understand. <laughs> it, it, it just seemed like, I mean, the whole thing, I'm just like, why not just have meatloaf play meatloaf? They didn't have to, they didn't have to create this fictional character. I don't know. Eric Roberts mm-hmm. would have been a better dad than meatloaf was. He would have acted it better at least. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But he may not have painted a Christmas tree. And uh, Meatloaf is kind of has more of the typical physique of the Ghost of Christmas Present, right? Like this big mm-hmm. guy, right? So he, if they switch the parts, yeah. And what? How did she get his gold? So the, the, this ongoing theme throughout the movie too is she has a golden record of this guy's music. Like she has the actual golden record. I again, I don't know why that would matter, or why somebody as destitute and impoverished as she is, who's doing all this stuff for money, why she wouldn't have sold that a long time ago. This movie lacks common sense. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of the record, I'm I'm going out of order a little bit here. The social worker that came, and the social worker sees the golden record. I I don't buy the social worker either. I think the social worker walking into that environment would have called the police and the children would have been taken away immediately. I can't imagine any decent social worker walking away and leaving those kids in that environment with that woman. You never even see the baby out of the car seat, ever. Like, not once. I what was her all, name? I forgot all about the baby till you just mentioned them. Yeah. What, There's what a was the baby? Name? It was like Corn Puff or something. Because yes. she said she skull. named her kids after her favorite things. Wait. Skull. It's brain. too bad it wasn't Corn Paw. Then Tom could have related. <laughs> <it. So. laughs> We didn't even discuss how awful her kids' names were. I don't. I see. I just think I don't know. I don't even know where to start. So, Ghost of Christmas Future is played by Beverly D'Angelo, who is also her mother in the story. Um, hairdresser, not an awful mother when you see her in the flashback when our main character is a child. 
maybe a little rough around the edges, but she is where I could see white trash being endearing and not void of all responsibility and care for other human life. But when she comes back as a ghost, it's just, I don't know. I feel like having Beverly D'Angelo so high in our Christmas list with with the Griswolds makes it like this a very far fall for her. So this is a perfect example of why if you star in one Christmas classic, don't try to tempt the fates and try to star in another one that you hope becomes a Christmas beloved film. Not that I think she thought this was going to be beloved, but don't go star in another Christmas film because it's so hard to make a classic one. And it's just as hard to make a good one, judging from Rotten Tomato scores, at least if you're just going by those. And I don't know. I feel bad she's in this film because she is in such a, iconic and not even just christmas vacation she starred as that woman in four vacation films and it was so icon it's such an iconic role and i feel bad that her as an actress was reduced to starring in something like this i really well, she's she was in um what i used to consider to be the worst movie ever made before i saw this nowhere by greg akiri um she had a she had a, a very depressing role in that film um but this pales it so the, the way the death comes down in this one is she sees herself in the casket and she realizes that she's ruined her brother's life, her brother's super cute son, well, obviously super cute when he was younger, and her son, like the good son, I guess, had robbed a store to try and get money to pay the bills. And so they're both in prison or dead. And so this is what causes her to, quote, have a change of character. This was her, quote, redemption story. You know, I don't want this to happen to these boys and my brother. I've ruined everything. I'm going to make it right. But even when she saw her sense, by the way, (laughs) not that you feel for her, but. Even at her funeral, when there's nobody there, and they bring her son in who's in jail, she assumes it's her bad son. Like, this is just supposed to happen. As a Mm -hmm. mom, she was perfectly, she was cavalier about the fact that Skull got arrested but when she realized it was her older good son she suddenly moved which again that's why the redemption doesn't ring true to me because she did it It was because it was the son she liked and her nephew that she liked were dead was dead this is what moved her not the the fact that that she thought it was skull the kid the, the bad kid should have said something to her about her parenting and the influence that she's had somehow that completely missed her and it took finding out it was her good i don't know it's just not believable. So after Ghost of Christmas Future, we have what's supposed to be Scrooge making amends at the end. The way that translates in this one is our main character opens the salon back up, starts to cut hair again, cuts Peeper's hair, which for some reason makes Peeper's parents, which is her brother and her brother's wife, and brother's wife has hated the main character the entire movie, makes them like her. So, and so I'm not sure why. Real quick. I don't think we mentioned the salon yet. Well, yeah. So Sorry. the mom the mom had a salon when she was younger and her daughter grew up in this salon. When her mom died, the salon ceased to exist, although she never sold the property. She just kept it. And she's supposedly like this this super awesome salon. Style. Yeah. But so wouldn't it have made more sense then for her mom to have been Marley and the salon to be the Scrooge's money counting loaning business? Oh. But the business isn't what drove her to her punishment or whatever in, in death. No, that's true. I just would have probably made a better parallel anyway. It's a better written script. Just filming an hour and a half of a dog pooping on somebody's porch would have been better connection to the original story. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So she gets the salon back open. All of a sudden she has people waiting at the door by the way, which I thought was funny on Christmas Day that they said there's a line of people waiting on Christmas Day for a hair cut by somebody who's not done it in years. 
<laughs> the lady just happened to be walking by that. Mm. She buys her trashy, not daughter clothes to wear that it cover more people. So there's the redemption there. She gets her good son a snow globe. I don't even know what she gets the son she doesn't like. Did they even show it? If Probably they not. did, I blocked it out. Like I like yeah. I said, this movie is like boom. It's like yeah. I don't remember. I like you reminded me of the plot of the story because this movie was not memorable. It's entirely forgettable. Which which adds a whole nother layer to the whole bad thing because it's worse enough if it's bad. It's bad enough. It's it's just a bad movie. Mm-hmm. But Santa's sleigh was at least memorable for whatever else you want to say about it. Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that opening scene, man. Uh, yeah, you'll never get that out of your mind. <laughs> no, the snow globe. Also, I didn't get the, the whole snow globe thing. It was dirty. Like the, the the water in it was really dirty and gross. Yeah, it was. It looked like an old snow globe. Like a caricature I, of an old snow globe. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. They were going for the whole character caricature of the white trash people. So let's get them their caricature dirty possessions. It, oh. Oh, it's just such an insulting film. It, it was my intelligence insulted my love of a Christmas Carol and it insulted a whole group of people. And it, Oh, I'm done. This movie does not pass the line as test in my opinion, by the way. Well, so that's a good way to move into that. I think it in its own way it does, but it's not successful for me. So I don't know if at that point you count it as passing a line as test. I mean, what do we judge that by our standards or their standards? That's a good question. Tom, would you say it passed? No, it doesn't. Because even even uh, uh, when the ghosts are sitting around, they make a comment that she's going to screw this up too. Like this isn't this isn't real. Yeah, Natalie D'Angelo has no faith in her daughter's ability to change. So I feel like the the film itself is telling us that this is not a lie. Gotcha. Okay. Well, in that case, I agree. I didn't hear her say that. And they didn't even do what like he, there was no turkey. Yeah, you don't get like the in a Christmas Carol how. Scrooge became a second father to them, and you knew it wasn't just like a day he was good because of a nightmare. He legitimately was changed by the experience. It's just like you just said, Tom. They, the ghost specifically says she's not changed, basically. She'll, Which, she'll find a way to screw this up, I think, was the line. Yeah, well, again, that undermines the whole story, too. Can we review so, Can we rate this movie and be done with it? Okay, let's move to rating. I'm cool with that. I'd rather be done. Point one. I'm going point zero one. If any movie can get lower than this and get that zero, it deserves it. I'm giving it a zero. I'm not even giving it a point. I, I, I'm leaving the zero open. I'm, I'm convinced there's got to be that. Well, I'm not convinced there's got to be. I'm convinced there might be something worse now. That, yeah, that, brings, <laughs> that brings us in at point oh three six. Without question, this is the bottom. Whew. You know what? Yeah, that actually that would be my one final thought too. I mentioned it before we start recording, and I'll mention it now for our listeners. If I was forced to watch any film on this list, not any film, any of the other fil- bad films we reviewed, or this one, I would literally, I'd sit down and watch One Magic Christmas, I'd sit down and watch Santa's Sleigh, I'd, be gl- I'd gladly sit down and watch any of those before revisiting this film. Yep. I really would. And not in a Mystery Science 3000 way either, if that was, a cho- if that was part of the choice. I feel like our movie, right. next, I feel like the timing of our, <laughs> our next movie, which we'll announce later, is really disrespectful. Different oh, I was going to say, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so happy with the timing. I, he should not be this his, his life and legacy should not be right after this film. Well, no, we're well, we're at, taking the good and we're taking the bad, aren't we? We're taking the both and there you have. Back to life. All right. So, so because this was such a downer episode, I know we haven't done Christmassy type 
questions in a while, but I feel we need a good Christmas pick-me-up after that. Mm -hmm. So I want you guys to think back on your childhood and describe the most memorable gift opening experience under the tree like like pretend you're neil or lauren no they were those are gifts i didn't get pretend you're one of these adults in a christmas film trying to believe in santa again and you have to open a gift under the and you open the gift under the tree and you're describing your most magical gift from childhood what was it i remember i woke up before everybody else in my family as i was want to do as a child and i was told i wasn't allowed to wake anybody else up but i went and snuck out of my room and at the end of my hall there was this uh this wooden door with slats in it and I pushed the slat out so that I could look between the two slats and I saw my bike. I got a bike and it was blue and yellow and it had training wheels and I remember being so excited. I had to just sit there and wait for people to wake up and I just kept kept going over and over again to go look at this. The hardest thing was I got to, you know, do the little bit of, of writing it around the living room, but I had to wait for all of my family to open all of their presents before I could take that bike outside. And it was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Julia? Well, so I don't remember what gift it was, but my most memorable Christmas opening experience has a lot to do with my mom being such a herald of Christmas spirit in my house. So I had pneumonia once on Christmas and I was like on the couch for a week while I was sick and I was so worn out Christmas morning. I couldn't even open, I couldn't summon the energy to even open my presents, but I didn't want to make people wait and all of that. So my mom sat next to me while I was laying on the couch and she opened them for me. And I remembered being exciting, excited about them. Right. But I couldn't really express it because I was not feeling good. But just the look on her face when she did it and how sweet it was. And she stayed by me all day and she cooked me all my favorite food and all that stuff. It just, you know, moms are warm Christmas hugs, aren't they? That's adorable. So that's, that's so probably cute. Probably most memorable. I love that. You? So mine was a total like Christmas story type moment. Not a gun, not a Red Rider BB gun, but just a, a pink whole... bunny suit? <laughs> no. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but no, I really wanted a certain toy that year, and it wasn't under the tree, so I was disappointed. And so I w- this was the year I was big on dinosaurs as a kid. So this was, I think, the year after Jurassic Park or the year of Jurassic Park. And they had I forget what company it was, but they made this amazing Jurassic Park toy at all the electric fences and the visitors' buildings and. Just everything from the movie, vehicles and dinosaurs you could buy to put it in and the little characters. And I just I just wanted the set. I didn't need anything else with it. And it wasn't under the tree. And I was so disappointed, but you know, I was young. But you had to like, yeah, I was happy with everything else Santa got me. So I was taking another toy down to the playroom we had at the time. And Santa had it all set up for me downstairs. And it was amazing. And it oh wasn't just a set. It was filled with a bunch of dinosaurs. And, and I remember Dr. Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm and the little car next to Oh, It was like magical. Like Santa made my dream came true that year. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, it was a good question. I miss doing those. I feel I like fa- we need to... Sprinkle some more of those in, especially in the doldrums of not Christmas. If any of you listeners decide to stick with us after a movie of this caliber, Tom, you've got some interesting um, stuff to say about some stuff we've got coming up, right? We do have some fun stuff coming up next week. I'm going out of order here, guys, and announcing we're going to do The Man Who Invented Christmas. If this is your first listen, as Julia said, please give us another chance. Check us out next week. Um, Yay. If you want to get some... 
we've all been excited for this one, right? When we saw the trailer, yes. we were all loved it. And I don't think any of us ended up seeing it when it was in theater. No. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm really excited for this because I really love the look of the trailer. So people, please go out and check out our Patreon. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month and gets you access to Patreon listener only content. There's some fun stuff there. We did we did the full extended office where you got unabridged banter and and behind the scenes look at what our talk what our conversations are like. There's also a, an episode of Hocus Pocus. You get you you can get a Tis the Podcast sticker for your laptop, and we've got some other fun, exciting stuff coming up. We're working on Christmas commercial episode that we'll be doing early this summer, and we're going to be delving into comic books and all sorts of other Christmas medium media um on there so and we're also doing clue yay yeah i don't know i'm not excited oh you should i'm not i've never seen it i've never seen it i don't don't get the hype i talked to christine she's never seen it either so i think she's gonna watch it with me yes yes do it that That needs to happen again i'm gonna reiterate for the third time if this is your first episode please give us another chance we're usually not this negative at all But also, if you want to help the show, beside, uh, if you, and you don't want to donate to Patreon, it's totally cool. Our episodes are going to be free every week, per usual, in iTunes feed. But you can help us in other ways, too. You can rate and review us on iTunes or Facebook or wherever you find the podcast, because each rating review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days a year. You can also like and share our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram. Twitter at Tizapod, our subreddit, r slash Tizapodcast. And we also have a really cool website, www.tizthepodcast.com. And you should check it out because our full movie ranking list is there. And you can see what we've covered so far and where we rank them because we haven't gone through that list in full in a long time because it's growing a lot and we just can't to save time go through it every week on the show but it's worth checking out okay guys well hey i am needing an up from this week and i'm super excited about next week and i'm also excited about the fact that we're getting closer to christmas we are getting closer to christmas we are only 302 days away which means by when our next episode we're officially under 300 guys how excited is that? that's that is exciting that's for those of you who are looking in the weeks for a smaller number that's only 43 weeks when you think about it guys we're at the end of february right so if you assume the christmas season judging by retail starts in november we're getting close we have what eight more months to get through we are we're already through two And I was looking at our Christmas schedule and the stuff we're going to cover closer to Christmas. And I am super excited, guys. I am too. Can't wait to get there. Well, we can look forward to tomorrow because it means that we will be one more day further from this movie. Yay! 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 Until then, you have to deal with a song from this film. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Bye, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love said to me 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping 10 Lords are leaping 9, ladies dancing 8 Maids are milking 7, swans are swinging 6 Lisa are laying 5 Golden ring 4 calling birds, 3 French hands, 2 turtle dust, and a bird